There's a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. Good evening and welcome. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show and to tonight's First Five. I had a really special and different weekend this past weekend and just came back to Texas this morning. And I want to tell you a little bit about it and it really ties into a couple of stories I want to talk with you about tonight. I went back to Washington, D.C. for the anniversary um, of a semester abroad program that I did in college. There were, I think, 25 of us who went in the semester abroad and I think we maybe ended up with 18 of them there or so, but we, had, we hadn't seen these folks in many, I had not seen most of them in many, many years, most of them since college graduation. And we had actually gone to a semester in Nairobi, Kenya, in East Africa. Very different, very um, obviously not like your common semester abroad in a Western European country. It was a very intense program, very immersed in the culture. Each of us had jobs. We lived with a village family and then a city family, and so and then we spent those months together um, in Kenya. And honestly, it was a you know very it was life changing, of course. So over the weekend, we had you know we had meals together and bre- breakfast and brunches and dinners, but we also decided to go tour. Um, and we did go through. We all got tickets to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And this is a in, in relatively new in the museums in Washington, D.C., and really dedicated to talking about the whole history in America of the um, of starting with slavery, with, with people being kidnapped from Africa and brought over to America. And the, the way the museum is laid out, you start, you go down to the base of it, the lowest level, and uh, it is a massive place. I mean, you can't, we spent three and a half hours there and you felt like you kind of didn't barely scratch the surface of everything there was to learn. And so, of course, it went through a slavery and then the efforts toward ending slavery and the abolition efforts and the Civil War and um, and black Americans fighting on the on the side with the American Revolutionary War and and joining the troops in the north in the Civil War. And uh, then it went through, you know, the, the development of the um, black community in America since that time. And including, of course, segregation and de- dealing with making those challenges and the Martin Luther King era. And a lot of what you saw were in these displays were you just started to get a more personal picture than I think I'd certainly ever had um, of the the kind of culture that would probably have evolved over the decades and centuries in terms of families passing down stories and telling about their lives and their ancestors. Now, I know, you know, in my growing up life upstate New York, you know, my, my parents had very, they had interesting cultural backgrounds, you know, so we learned about their cultural backgrounds and the, you know, Norwegian Lutherans coming over from Norway. My dad's family was German and they came from Germany. And, and so, you know, you learned about your own culture, but really what sunk in more than, um, I mean, there are many things sunk in during this tour, but, and this, all this, I swear, relates to the purpose of my show, America Can We Talk, which is to preserve the unique identity of America, the the culture of exceptionalism in America, the culture of liberty. But it was really interesting to think about how the um, culture in, in black families in America, and uh, certainly uh, up until today, includes uh, grandparents still around, 
great-grandparents maybe even, or people generations back who, you know, it's not that far. We're not that far away from segregation. And we're not that far away from really challenging circumstances in dealing with segregation and an unfair justice system in some cases. And so what I was thinking about while I was there, I was just, it's really, I do urge you to go see it. I know there's been some controversy. I know that Texas Senator Ted Cruz had to petition the museum in December of last year to say, hey, you know, you really ought to have something in here about Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And although I didn't see it, one of my friends on the tour said there is something there. Um, now, I think it might be a little bit more tilted to telling Anita Hill's story than to celebrating Justice Clarence Thomas, who has a fabulous life story. But what it got me thinking about was how easy it has been and how just, in my view, sinister it is that the Democrat Party in this country works so hard to spread fear of racism. The Democrat policies in so many contexts are designed to spread fear of racism. And I want to tie it into the election that occurred since our last show, since last week, um, in Virginia, the election of the governor. And you may realize in that race, there was, of course, the horrible incident of the white supremacist marching in Charlottesville. And then there were ads in that governor's race where the Republican candidate uh, or a supporter of the Republican candidate was depicted as driving around in a pickup truck with the Republican candidate's name on a bumper sticker, chasing and threatening minority children. I mean, this this sinister level of evil to even put an ad out like that. But why I raise all this is touring that museum and really thinking again about, you know, the life in America from a perspective other than my own, I can see why the Democrat Party continues to work so hard to paint conservatives, Republicans, uh, and most of America, you know, white America as racist because they have succeeded in planting the seeds of fear and doubt and 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 the outcome in fact i'm going to share with you after the break which is coming right up that the um the election results show in virginia that people said they voted in part for the democrat candidate who won because of charlottesville because of talk of white supremacism that they wanted to reject and our goal my friends is to be clear that the conservatives are on the side of equality for all more after the break don't go away Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. 
the Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties. And in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to say a little bit more about this uh, topic for my first five tonight. That was about um, the time we spent at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. You know, that thing your mom probably always told you growing up or your teachers told you, try to put yourself in the other guy's shoes and, you know, th- put your walk a mile in his shoe and see what, how you feel and how you perceive things, how you think. This was a, um, and I, it isn't though, is this the first time in my entire life I've had these kind of thoughts, but I was so struck by watching, by walking through that museum for three and a half hours and watching the struggles that are not, you know, it's, these are not like 300 years ago. In fact, you know, segregation, there are many people alive today who lived in the segregated South. And I think that, you know, Amer- Americans rightfully take pride in the notion that we have overcome so much that we did that and I will tell you very clear in case you don't know your history the Republican Party was the one that 
really is responsible for pretty much all the advances toward better recognition, better equality for all Americans of every background. If you don't know your history, I'll quick tell you. The Republican Party was formed to end slavery. The Democrat Party was fighting to keep it. The Democrat Party was the Ku Klux Klan. It was a the Ku Klux Klan was created by and and completely populated by Democrats. The Jim Crow laws in the South, the Democrat Party did that. The Republicans were were fighting for equality. But here we sit in 2017, and we had a race in Virginia for governor where the, now, I don't know, I mean, Virginia is filled with people who work in Washington, D.C., and they rely on the federal government, and they're not about to vote for the party that's trying to limit the size of the federal government. So certainly... In the northern Virginia suburbs, those people are going to vote Democrat because they like big government. But the big, you know, the big state of Virginia, which has gone you know, back and forth between uh, and party control, um, they have people who were polled. In fact, I wanted to share with you that what these comments that were made um, by a, in a, with a polling company, um, they went through and talked to voters about why did you choose the Democrat uh, candidate for governor who won over the Republican, and many of them, especially black voters made reference to the Charlottesville white supremacist march, which is obviously horrible, denounced by everyone. Um, and uh, but, but they talk about how that, that stung. And then, as I mentioned before the break, the ads that the Democrats ran. And I'm getting around to a point here about politics and about what is incumbent on conservatives in this country to do. The Democrats have discovered that if they can divide and conquer America— if they can make black Americans afraid of other Americans, if they can make black Americans afraid of there's a racist behind every corner, around every turn, that they can cast the question of racism over. And I've done this in a show before. I can list 15 issues off the top of my head where there's an actual substantive issue and there's a conservative viewpoint and a liberal viewpoint or maybe many viewpoints. But the first words out of most of the left wing mouth mouths when you're talking about issue are in some way, accusing the conservative view of being racist. I mean, you you can barely have a conversation on the substance of the important issues America faces without having that term come up. And so it's incumbent on conservatives to recognize the Democrats are are seeing this winning. I mean, they, they won that race, in part at least, by just completely falsely accusing the Republican candidate of being racist by these ads they ran with some, you know, evil guy driving around a pickup truck with the the bumper sticker on for Republican candidate. In fact, even the way they described it, you know, they had the uh, the chairman of the Republican Party of Virginia, John Whitbeck, was quoted saying, Democrats had a message that we're a bunch of racists and they just hammered it and hammered it and hammered it. And you know what? Welcome to America in 2017. So the Republicans and the conservatives have to be smart about how we talk about things, how firmly we denounce the white supremacist movement, anyone affiliated with it. But at the same time, instead of being always on the defensive and saying, oh, they're not with us, we denounce them, we have to be talking about the ideas that make America work, which are the ideas embraced and supported by the Republican Party. We have to talk about the fact that it is 40 or actually now 50 plus years of Democrat policies in Washington, whether it's the Great Society, it is government dependency programs that have destroyed the black family, have have led us to where we are with 70 percent of black children born in America, born to a single parent home. And the result of that is that and this is. 
statistically, whether you're black, white, or whatever your ethnicity or race, children raised in a single-parent home have are exponentially more likely to drop out of high school, get involved in drugs, get in a gang, commit a crime, go to jail, fail to go to college, fail, I mean, just fail in life. And so we, the party that embraces the family as a vital unit in America, need to be saying our policies are better for your kids. Our policies are better for everyone. We want to, do, we want to embrace everyone in the free market economy, everyone in our culture. And we're fighting against a tidal wave at this point of what the Democrats try to do. And now they're, of course, all excited about these victories in Virginia and thinking they're going to carry those over into the um, national election. And it is going to be it's just incumbent on conservatives who want to support which and I, i've said this many times i'll say it again the conservative ideas when we our party actually follows them they are identical to the founding ideas of america that's what conservatism is it is support of limited government rule of law all of the rights guaranteed in the constitution free speech it is inherently supportive of free markets you can't have america and socialism. You can't have America and communism. America is core, uh, core value is liberty and respect for the individual, but a society that inspires the individuals who join in to the economy and the culture. Our job is to be the most outreaching and, and plain spoken and inviting, but actually be willing to attack the ideas the Democrat Party has embraced and pushed that keep people poor that keep people trapped in cycles of poverty. And on the subject of speaking up, I want to hit, we have a guest coming up, by the way, at 6.30, Steve Moore, and um, he's a great, uh, we've had him on the show several times. Um, He's a nationally renowned economist. He's been the Wall Street Journal economist. He's been on their board. He is now with the Heritage Foundation again. He is a a preeminent free market economist, uh, just among the best there is in the country. And he's going to join us to try to unpack for us the GOP um, tax bill in the House and the Senate and what, what, what it looks like, what we're going to do going forward, which I swear, as I said in my ad, if you heard my ad for the show this week, taxes are far more and much more about liberty than they are about money. They're far more about free markets versus socialism. They're far more about the individual right to achieve and succeed and dream and, and become successful than they are about a spreadsheet and, and, and a, um, you know, and what the numbers add up to. If you get the ideas right, the tax policy, the ideas of liberty right, the tax policies follow. But I want to go back to this standing up for our values and recognizing how firmly and, and earnestly they are under siege. Oh, oh wait, one more quick, quick thing, i got to tell you. And then I want to talk about Roy Moore running um, for um, Senate from Alabama. But one more point on this. There's a fabulous organization, the American Enterprise Institute. I was just up there recently. I I love Arthur Brooks. He's the head of it. He's just brilliant. And he had a great thing tying into this point about the the messaging needed on the conservative side. He was talking about how we have to be talking more, not just about jobs and making sure people have enough money to put food on the table and maybe get a job, but he used this expression. And by the way, his organization has a book out called Men Without Work talking about the percentage of working-age men outside the labor force has more than tripled since 1965. And what happened in 1965? Oh, yeah. It was the Great Society, the government um, you know, takeover of the family put, uh, brought to you by the Democrats. But 
What I want to get to, though, he has a great, great expression he's using that in addition to having we have to, to do better job in making jobs available and helping educational income communities and helping people work out of the problems that lead them to lives of difficulty, whether it's you know alcoholism and suicide and drug abuse and problems that plague people. We as a loving society have to try to help everyone out of those problems, not through perpetual handouts, but through healing the problems that they're they're dealing with, and then also um, helping them become part of the free market economy, which is not what the Democrat or liberal side ever wants. Their goal is to be sure that people are dependent on them. But the reason I mention Arthur Brooks is that he has a great expression, which he's talking about what's really happening in America and the real need. He says we have a growing dignity deficit a a deficit in some communities in america where people have through you know decades and perhaps longer become dependent on the government helpless unable or unable to believe they are able themselves to move themselves forward in life and our job is to care enough about that to to address all the problems that lead to poverty that lead to people feeling insecure about their place in the world so we're gonna i'm gonna have to come back to where i'm gonna get to ray moore in this show but we're out of time because this guy's gonna play music while i'm trying to talk here in a second but uh, Steve Moore is coming up next. Steve Moore, again, as I mentioned, because he's I want to jump right in when he gets on board with us. But he is going to talk with us about the tax bills and how they really tie to re-inspiring the American economy and bringing jobs, which bring dignity. Don't go away. Our nation faces a choice, the path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility, whether in the national debate on property rights, energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. 
If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers, it's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I meant to mention, if you're watching on Facebook Live tonight, so we're try- I'm trying a new camera angle and a new trick. If you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm turning it off on commercials. I'm going to start in the second hour talking to you, not on air. I'm going to unplug the uh, Facebook Live thing and just talk to you on Facebook Live if you're listening there and plug you back into the radio when we're back. But we're trying new things with Facebook Live and because uh, we're getting a lot of people watching on Facebook Live, which is kind of fun. So I'd like to welcome to our show, I mentioned before our break, we have a great guest joining us. Steve Moore, and as I mentioned, uh, he is with the Heritage Foundation at this point. Um, he's a distinguished visiting fellow for the Project for Economic Growth, and he has a long history of just just fabulous experience and really helpful experience in America, helping to cre- create and develop and understand economic policy. So, good evening, Steve. Nice to have you. It's wonderful to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. I, I love it. Okay, so I always want to jump right in on the GOP tax bills. And I had this little spiel before the break to say taxes are more, they are liberty issues as much as they're money issues. But so you and Larry Kudlow were part of advising the Republicans what to do on this, you know, coming up with a tax policy. And you had, I thought, an overarching goal to start with to cut business taxes first. That's what I wanted to start with. Why, Why was, it was that accurate? And why was that, if that's right? Well, it's because the you know there's a lot of problems with our tax code. And by the way, I, I'm an old flat tax guy. I like what Steve Forbes uh, you know ran for president 20 years ago on, which is to just get rid of all the loopholes, all the special interest deductions and carve outs, uh, and uh, and just get the rate as low as possible for everybody, so everybody pays their fair share. But there's no 
uh, no ways for people to hide their money and and, uh, and avoid paying their fair share. And so I've always loved that idea. But, uh, you know, the main problem with our tax code right now is our business tax code is just a huge mess. It's, it's working against America. It's almost like our competitors wrote the tax uh, co- our tax code uh, for us. And it's led to a lot of businesses leaving the United States. It's it's one of the reasons for the last 20 years we've seen many companies outsource jobs outside the United States and moving to places like Canada and Mexico and uh, China and India and so on. And we want to bring those jobs back. And one way to do that, right now our highest our, uh, business tax rate is about 40%. Most of the rest of the world, can you believe this, is at 20%. So we're twice as high as the rest of the world. And that just doesn't work anymore, right? I mean, it, and so I think that's where we have to, you know, aim our uh, fire right now. And the, the uh, Trump tax plan does do that. It, re- it reduces that tax rate. And one other quick thing, if I may, uh, there's 26.5 million small businesses in this country run by men and women who get up every morning and, and run these businesses and operate them and employ Americans. Two, two-thirds of Americans are uh, employed by small businesses. So we, th- they will also be ineligible for a tax cut under this plan. I, I, that was my next thing to go to was I understood in addition to the, the corporate tax rates of small yep. businesses. And, you know, I, I do want to digress just a minute to say whenever people are talking about this, you hear the lesser informed or maybe just the slogan slinger saying, oh, yeah, you know, trickle down, trickle down economics. That's what you're talking about. That never works. And I get so tired of that expression because the truth is what we've been doing in high corporate tax rates is what doesn't work. That's for, that's for sure. I mean, we've seen major American companies like Burger King, Medtronic, Pfizer, one of our great drug companies. Um, uh, I could mention two dozen major Fortune 100 companies in the last you know, four or five years that have left the United States, renounced their U.S. citizenship, and moved somewhere else. And, and we don't have to imagine why they leave. They tell us they're leaving so they can take advantage of lower tax rates somewhere else. And so that's, uh, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we got to bring those companies back. we got to bring those businesses back. And uh, I actually think if we get this tax bill passed, you know, the economy is booming right now, by the way. That's the big story of American, uh, what's happening in America today that nobody in the media wants to cover. Ever since Trump took office, the economy has shifted into a much faster gear. After eight years of Obama, now we're growing at, you know, three to three and a half percent, which is something we never got under Obama. And that's before we passed the tax cut. So if we get the tax cut passed, I do think, you know, we got – you know, even faster growth, and that'll solve a lot of problems. It'll help bring our debt and deficit down. It'll help, uh, you know, reduce poverty, help people get off of welfare and to work, all of those things. It'll, it'll give Americans pay raises. So we've got to get the economy moving faster. And so far, Trump's done an amazing job on that. And, you know, did you see the numbers uh, a couple of weeks ago that the number of unemployment, new unemployment insurance claims fell to the lowest level in 45 years? I have the article in front of me. I was going to run through it with you because it's just Amazing. great news. And you're right, Amazing. no one reports it. Yeah, because if it's good news on the economy, nobody wants to report it because the media hates Trump. But, you know, I saw another poll. Uh, I was on CNN the other day because I do a lot of <laughs> CNN now. And uh, they were trashing Trump and saying, oh, it's, he's unpopular and he's one of the most unpopular presidents. He's going on and on. And the last poll question what it had to do with how do you feel like the economy is doing right now. If 60% of Americans today say the economy is good or great, and only 30% say it's poor. So that's a total reversal of where it was. Those, those ratios were completely reversed a year ago. So that gives you a sense of how, what a difference Trump has made on the economy so far. 
And you wish Republicans with a voice out there, the elected Republicans, would be connecting those dots for people. Yep. If you're noticing the economy is better, it's because we have Donald Trump changing policies. I want to ask you one little, that's a narrow question, but I want to make sure I understand this. So if the corporate, if this passes and in some form, we'll, uh, we'll get in details in a minute, but gets to 20% corporate tax rate, is that rate uh, accessible for corporations to repatriate money back to America? Does that apply to oh, that? Yeah. Well, so let me – that's a good question. So there's actually two features. The first is the corporate tax rate goes down to 20 percent from 40. So that, that will incentivize businesses to move back. But there's another part of this that you're talking about now, which is what we call the repatriation of money. So, you know, we live in a global economy today. Uh, most of our big companies like Microsoft and Apple and General Electric and Boeing, they're multinational companies. They're, they're ba- you know, they're American companies, but they have operations all over the globe. And when they earn profits overseas right now, they cannot bring that money back to the United States because if they did, uh, in many cases, they have to pay very high taxes of 25 or 30 <clears> percent. <throat> so they, they just leave it over there. And so what Trump says is, look, we'll charge you a 10 percent tax. You bring it back to the United States. Uh, we'll get you know 10 percent of the revenue, which is about $2 trillion, about $200 billion from the United States uh, Treasury. But then you get all that money that you're talking about, the very question you asked, that's money that comes back to the United States, gets invested here, circulated in our economy, and that's going to be a big lift for the economy, too. So that's a great point. That's one of the major features of the plan. Cut the corporate rate and allow them to repatriate the money they have abroad here in the United States for a low flat tax. I just love that idea. It seems I know that both parties it's try It's like to... a no-brainer, right? Right. I mean, who can right. Exactly. Like, why didn't we do this a long time ago? We got all that money overseas. They want to bring it back. They're prohibited, you know, because of the high tax rates from doing so. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just a win-win. Absolutely. And I actually, if I recall correctly, I think that Democrats and Republicans running for president or running for national office have talked about, we got to bring that money back. But somehow we just, yeah, we, we haven't gotten it done. And it, it, it's just, a, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Okay, I want to turn to you. So the tax bills that we're not talking, I know the House and Senate are a little bit different. I have um, a couple lists of how they're different, but there's not that much change in the individual tax rate. It goes oh. down from seven to, yeah. I forgot, seven to four. What is it? Yes. It does? That's yeah. right. But yeah, I mean, the, main, the main change we make on the individual side is we double the standard deduction. So right now, if you're a family, uh, you know, uh, if you're a couple and you have kids, you know, your first, uh, I'm trying to remember these numbers, your, roughly your first $14,000 of income is tax-free, okay? And under this plan, we double that. So now roughly your first $28,000 of income would be tax-free. And it would also mean, you know, you don't have to keep receipts and stuff like that because you just escape. You know, in other words, you don't have to itemize your deductions for charitable contributions and your mortgage and all that because you just check the box and you get that first $28,000 free. That, that's a big simplification of the tax system. I mean, and so that's one of my favorite features of this plan. And by the way, that also puts about $2,500 more into the pockets of Americans, uh, you know, every year. So when everybody says, oh, this isn't a tax cut for the middle class, what are they talking about? $2,500 to $3,000 is a lot for a family of, with an income of, say, $80,000. That's a school teacher married to, uh, you know, married to, uh, you know, uh, a construction worker. Yeah, that's a, the kind of, I think on some other show, and I, I wish I had been recording, I heard you were interviewed somewhere where you gave examples. And I don't, if you're not on the top of your right, right off the top of your head ready to do that, we don't have to. But, you know, the, the we, we can look at taxes and say, well, it doesn't sound like that much of a difference. But to an individual family, like you're saying, if you earn 80000 totaled and a small range uh, change in your tax rate, it is a big deal to have 
$2,000 more in your family budget a year. Sure. It's yeah. a- now, the big controversial thing, now, you know, so you get two to $3,000 more back every year. Uh, but the exception is if you live in a very high-tax state. So if you're living in California or New York or New Jersey or Connecticut or Massachusetts or my home state of Illinois, you're going to you may not get that tax cut because you're going to lose your state and local tax deduction. And I think that's the right thing to do. I don't think people in lower tax states like Arizona, Utah, Tennessee, Florida, Texas should have to pay more federal taxes to subsidize the inefficient you know, government services in other states. It's Steve, just stupid. I, mean, I couldn't agree more. we got to zip off to break. Can you hold on for uh, in this four minutes? One more segment, sure. Thank you so very much, folks. This is really great information. We're going to talk a little more about what these new tax bills are doing. Don't go away. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out CenterForSecurityPolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's CenterForSecurityPolicy.org. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers, and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. 
If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. If you're just tuning in tonight, we have on the line Steve Moore, a nationally prominent economist, and he's currently with the Heritage Foundation. He has worked extensively with all sorts of free market tax plans. He has uh, been an editor of the Wall Street Journal. And just uh, uh, actually, the reason I love having Steve Moore on the show is because he can take almost any economic idea and just make it very logical and common sense, which I appreciate. So, here, I want to go back to the GOP has, has their tax bill out. The House and the Senate have various versions. Is what we were talking about before the break, but I want to make really clear. They were using the acronym SALT. It was state and local tax deductions. So right now, if you live in California and you pay very high taxes, income taxes in California, you can deduct those on your federal income tax. Yeah. And these bills are now saying that you could no longer be able to do that. Is that accurate? That is accurate, and, and while well, there's various, you know, the House and Senate don't have exactly the same bill. So the uh, House bill uh, retains the uh, you can write off your local property taxes, but you can't write off your state income taxes. And the Senate bill gets rid of all of those deductions. So uh, that that uh, is something that that's one of those differences in the bills that will have to be ironed out as the as the two uh, chambers come together to. To, by the way, I think there's a high probability they're going to get this done before Christmas, and I think we may actually have Trump's, uh, you know, scenario where he signs a bill on Christmas Eve and gives American people the biggest tax cut since Reagan. So that would be something else. That would be great. And that actually, I have a little note to ask you how likely that is. But just to be clear, back to that salt thing. So is it accurate that someone who lives in a high income tax state like California? Could this bill possibly, if it way either the House or Senate version is written, could it result in them actually having some other tax increase because they can't they can't deduct the high uh, taxes they've been paying? Yeah, but it's only yeah that's that's true. But it's only higher income people because look because of the doubling of the standard deduction, most people are going to um, most people are going to be paying. Um, you know, uh, they're just going to take the standard deduction. They're not even going to take any of those uh, deductions. So it won't matter to the vast majority of Americans. So just high-income Americans for whom it may be a slight tax increase, which at least is that we, we can say we're not doing tax cuts for the rich. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, look, I mean, it, it benefits every. This is all about creating jobs. I mean, that's the most important feature of this plan. We want to create as many 
jobs as we can for the United States, and we want to take them from, you know, I'm tired of our, our jobs leaving, aren't you? I mean, I'm tired of seeing sure. factories leave for Canada and for Ireland and Mexico, and, uh, you know, they go to China and they go to India. And, a lot, you know, Trump says the rest of the world is laughing behind our back, and that's true. I mean, they are laughing at us. The last thing the rest of the world wants is Donald Trump to do this tax cut, by the way. They want to keep taking advantage of us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I honestly, that Trump spirit he has brought to so many issues is present in this issue also. Yeah, we're uh, America first is a slogan that I, I just think it kind of encapsulates or encapsulates, encap, whatever the word is, you know, it captures Thank everything you. that Trump stands for. Yeah. I mean, yes, on it's trade, fabulous. On immigration, on, on taxes, on regulation, on energy. I mean, what's so exciting, you know, I talked about that you know, ramp up in economic growth that we've seen. It just didn't happen by accident. And by the way, have you seen what's happened to the stock market? It's up 5,000 points since Trump was elected. I mean, you know, remember, it was almost exactly a year ago that that amazing election happened. And ever since then, you know, the stock market's been on a tear. And people are making, uh, you know, I, I looked at my 401k plan. In three weeks' time, I made $7,000 on my 401k. And I'm not a rich guy. I'm just an upper middle class guy. But, you know, the stock market keeps going up. And it's going to go up even further if we get the tax cut back. We're going to get more jobs, more businesses. I can't understand why it's not one single Democrat in the Congress says they're going to vote for this bill that's going to create jobs and higher incomes for Americans. I, I just don't, I don't even understand the Democratic Party today. I, I couldn't agree more. They cannot make Trump look good. So I did want to ask you, and you alluded to, but you think that it's likely that the Senate and House bills are similar enough that they'll be able to work it out and get a, a tax bill done? They're, right? I do. I do. I think that this is going to happen. I think it's going to be happy to hate for America. It's about time. We haven't had a big tax cut in this country for, I don't know, it's been, you know, 25 years or so since uh, since the Reagan tax cuts. Now, we had some smaller tax cuts under Bush, and, of course, Clinton raised taxes and Obama raised taxes. So it's been a long time since the American people have gotten a tax cut. And as I said, we're going to make our businesses more competitive. Uh, it is going to, by my estimates, we're going to see, uh, you know, a, a growth rate, you know, continue to accelerate. We could see Someone in the neighborhood of 8 to 10 million new jobs in this country as a result of this. So it's a big deal. It is priority number one. And I, I say if Republicans don't get this done, it's going to be big problems for the party because the American people want this to get done. You know, the polls show they want this, this, uh, this tax cut to happen. And, uh, and we'll see. I mean, I think that Republicans are going to face big losses in Congress if they don't get it done, which is why I think that they will. I do, too. And I actually think that the Republicans, I mean, if they really get a strong bill done, everyone can see the economy is moving along and jobs are being created. You know, there's been concern. Could we lose the House? I think Republicans could gain seats because well, gonna... it's possible, you know, because the senators, you know, the Senate, you know, the Democrats have, you know, like twice as many, you know, senators up for reelection as Republicans do. So there's a good chance that you might see exactly that, where Republicans actually pick up seats in the Senate. But it is not going to happen if they don't pass this tax cut. Absolutely. Steve Moore, I just appreciate you so much. Folks, I want to mention, um, first of all, the articles I've been uh, speaking from are all posted at AmericaCanWeTalk.org or on the Facebook page, America Can We Talk. And Steve, I love the way you speak and write. Is there a, a website you can give people to come and read and uh, more about you and what you're all that you're doing in the, in the world of economics? Sure. Well, I mean, uh, go to Heritage.org. I know you've been talking about it on this show in the past, and Heritage is, uh, is a great outlet to get conservative information. And one of the things that you said I think that was so interesting at the start of this conversation was, you know, that cutting taxes is a liberty issue and an economic issue, and you're exactly right. Letting people keep their own money. 
that's what we're about as conservatives. We want to grow the economy. We want America. Look, it's very simple. That $3,000 per year that the average family is going to save, I don't know about you, but I think they can spend that money a lot better than the federal government can. Absolutely. And I love tying economics because we're so often as the conservative side is pegged as, oh, you only care about big businesses. You only care about the rich people. But to to re-label, uh, um, re-market the idea of taxes as a, we want you to have your liberty. The, you keep the money you earn to spend it the way you want and make your family's life more the way you want it to be. These are very engaging issues. And you do a great job of, of pitching. By the, the way, let me just add one thing. I know we're running out of time. I mean, the Democratic Party is not the party of working-class Americans. They're not the party of the union. They're the party of the rich elite, the politically powerful. They're the party of the you know teachers' unions and the radical environmentalists. And, and look, the reason Donald Trump won the election is because voters finally caught on that this is not a party that represents middle-class workers. I, I'm a Republican, and uh, we're the party of the working class right now. We represent the aristocrats. I've seen what's happened with Donald Trump going to these coal towns. And, you know, remember Hillary Clinton said, I'm going to put every coal miner out of work. Well, yes. <laughs> putting them back on the job, you know, and, and then she wonders why she lost West Virginia and why she lost Pennsylvania and Ohio. Well, can they, maybe if you didn't tell these people you're going to take away all their jobs, you might have won the state. But Trump, <laughs> Trump cares about these working class Americans. Liberals don't. They're willing to sacrifice our steel workers, our coal miners, our oil and gas workers, uh, our manufacturers on the cross of this of infatuation they have with climate change. And of course, it's not the university professors and the people in media who are going to lose their jobs from that. Exactly. Okay, I'll tell our listeners, I'll tell you, see, the, so I flew to uh, Washington on Friday. I was just there for a weekend and came back this morning. On the way there, I this guy sitting next to me in the airplane had his little baby with him. He's talking away. Anyway, he ended up talking about he is a union guy. Uh, his wife is in the military serving abroad. She's uh, in the Army, I think. And uh, he was talking about uh, different policies. Finally, he said, well, what do you think about the border wall? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And ended up, he's a union guy. He loves loves Donald Trump. I mean, it was he, he was a perfect. He said, "I want a guy." He goes, "I wanted him to bring jobs back here." I mean, it yeah. was you. The average working guy can relate to Donald Trump. I think this dumbfounds the left. Yeah, I, look, I saw it at the rallies. As you know, I worked with Donald Trump during the campaign. Larry, you mentioned Larry Kudlow, and I were his senior economic advisors. Everywhere we went, everywhere we went, we saw working class Americans. We didn't see people, you know, in, with in yachts and uh, people in, you know pinstripe suits. We saw people drive, driving in on their motorcycles <laughs> yep. who wanted to, who love what Trump was saying, who want to put America first. We're tired of the, the liberalism in America and the fact that, you know, these are the people who take a knee when the national anthem is sung. And so, you know, this is, uh, this is a cultural and economic and financial divide in this country between uh, Donald Trump, who wants to truly make the American economy work again in ways that it used to, and, uh, and liberals who don't want to put America first. Amen to that. Couldn't say it any better. Seymour, thank you so very much for calling. It was great talking with you. You too. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Okay, I must tell you, Seymour is a gift to the conservative movement in, in being able to explain so well economic issues. And I want to just add on, because we have a little bit of time left in this segment, a couple of points that, that he was making that are so important when you talk about taxes, because the left is always trying to paint that conservatives want to have mean, greedy corporations keep more job, you know, keep their money, and and they want to. Um, the American, the left tries to say that conservatives want corporations to be rich and the poor to be poor, and we, and that's why we give tax cuts to the rich. First of all. 
You know, the people who need jobs out there, they need corporations that have money to spend. They need small businesses that have money to spend to buy that next delivery truck, to, buy, to expand their factory, hire new people. The, the corporate America wants to use the money to create jobs. That's what they will do. They tell you can read it in all sorts of places if you talk to these people. But if, you, if corporations are spending all their money, all, all their ex- profits, sending into Washington, they can't create jobs. And, and so you can't say... That on the left, that you care about the uh, unemployed, the unemployed, and you care about the poor, and you want them to have jobs, but your tax policy is to tax as much as possible corporations, businesses, and and wealthy individuals because they're the ones that create the jobs. It is just breathtaking to me that somehow that messaging is somehow lost in many Republican circles. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking he said he talked about we are the party of the working people. You know, the ideas we were just talking about, Seymour and I were just talking about, these are ideas that they're very simple. They're con- And I'm always urging my listeners, you know, share these ideas. Talk about with your friends about politics because, you know, these ideas don't really necessarily have a political affiliation, especially economic ideas. They're just common sense. Either lower taxes give corporations more money to spend to build, uh, uh, expand a factory, do something else, uh, expand a new, a new product line, hire more delivery trucks. Either those create jobs or they don't, and they do create jobs. The reason the left does not like to have low corporate taxes and low business taxes is because the left want their idea of America is that government create jobs and government decides who gets what and government decides where money should go. And when individual free people like owners of businesses and corporations and corporate boards decide, the people don't need the Democrats orchestrating their life. And then they don't have anything to do. So we come back. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that because there's so much more to share. Come right back after the break. Debbie George Jazz, America Can We Talk. No, 